Welcome to the Wanderlust Journal podcast, based upon great storytelling. We'll be sharing adventures, recommendations, and tips for the aspiring writer. I'm your host, Sarah Leamy. I am a wanderer since I was a teenager hitching across France. I usually travel alone with dogs and in various vehicles. I'm the author of Van Life, Bring a Chainsaw, and numerous others. And I have a master's degree in writing and publishing, so you are in good hands today. If you'd like to hear more, simply subscribe, stick around, and we'll take you around the world. Today's episode is all about road trips, and we've all heard the phrase, not who, not all who wander are lost, but sometimes we are, and sometimes we're not. Right now, I am on location and recording this from Gonzaga Bay in Baja, California, and it's down this little dead-end road from the main highway, Highway 5, heading south, and it's this huge open bay facing out. There's, it seems like there's an island out opposite me. Uh, there's really no one around. I pulled up last night, bumped into some people I'd met at Overland Expo last summer, uh, some people I'd met in Pagosa Springs, and some other people I'd met uh, here in Baja, in San Felipe, and had traveled with them last year. So Already, it's definitely a road tripping community and the wide variety. And that's what made me think today we would talk about road trips. And what do I mean by that? The difference between road trips, van life, overlanding. There's one fellow, Greg, who is in a big built out Unimog, him and his wife, Ginger, and their little dog are going to Los Barriles. They are from America, from the States. Um, another fellow I met, Joe, I believe. Nope, Rob. This one, Rob was in an SUV with a little travel trailer and he's heading again down to Los Barriles and he's just going to camp up in the free Arroyo next to Playa Norte RV Park. I've met um, another couple, a couple of travelers who are wandering around together, Kathy and Rick. And Kathy has a van and does sort of the van life and teaches occasionally, settles down occasionally and does some substitute teaching. And Rick has a four by four truck with an overland, overland vehicle, overland camper on top with a, you know, the everyone seems to have solar power and is pretty self-sufficient. And so there's that kind of road tripping, the long distance Long distance, long lasting. And that to me is what I would define as overlanding, which has become a bit of a buzzword recently in the travel world. Um, that's a, That'll be a different episode. We'll talk about the Overland Expo and Overland rallies that I know of and that world. And then there's road trips, people that literally just get in their vehicle and go traveling with their friends with a specific focus. And then there are people... Um, like myself that just love to travel and we get super restless. And then another book, one of the books I want to talk about today is Blue Highways, which many people will know that have been traveling and love these kind of travel books. Um, come out in the 70s, Blue Highways, A Journey into America by William Least Heat Moon. And so I wanted to include him. I'm also going to Strangely enough, uh, talk about my book, Bring a Chainsaw, and other stories from my solo travels. And read an excerpt from Wanderlust Journal by Kim Sosin and Janet Reeves. And their focus was driving the Nebraska Sandhills. So we're going to do a little variety of styles and motivations, and we'll take it from there. Come Drive With Me by Kim Sosin. 
Driving west near Grand Island across the braided plat one morning, one more time, our, my, road begins its lone stunning uphill path across Nebraska. We pass train after train, intense orange engines, cars heaped with black coal, then suddenly sandhills. Anchored by the blue stem grass, a finger of sandhills pokes at the western edge of broken bough. Miles of undulating hills, sand, lovegrass, punstamen, prickly poppy, dismal river, blissfully unaware of its misnomer, bubbles up from Ogallaga Aquifer, gathers underground water for 72 miles before depositing its cool trophy into the middle loop at Dunning. As we drive up and down sandy hills toward Alliance, the aquifer peeks out of every valley, lake, puddle, marsh, flowers. The windmills are oddly short, as if clear waters erupt from this from a tiny earthly poke. Shall we take a sandy side road, immerse ourselves in these hills? Yes. Driving the Nebraska Sandhills by Kim Sosin and Janet Reeves. Kim wrote, We named this trip Gulf Nebraska. Golfing was our hook for driving one place rather than another, but the whole idea was to see the Nebraska Sandhills, one of the largest stabilized dune areas in the world. These sand dunes cover just over 20,000 square miles and about 275 miles as the crow flies across Nebraska. Formed by blowing sand over 5,000 years ago, these hills are now stabilized by grasses and comprise the largest contiguous grasslands area in the U.S. In one of nature's odd jokes, this semi-arid land covers one of the world's greatest aquifers, which creates rivers and streams. In some low-lying areas, the aquifer peaks out, though, as lakes and marshes. The landscape is open but hilly, sandy with blowouts, and often looks empty, and everywhere is powerful and beautiful. Several of the world's greatest golf courses designers looked at this land and saw golf links, golf courses, almost Scotland style. We relish the stark beauty of the landscape and the variety of flowers, prairie flocks and various mallows along the road, penstemon and prickly poppy growing in the sandy blowouts along the hillside. Every 10 to 15 minutes, a coal train passes us in the opposite direction, taking coal from Wyoming eastward. Our next stop is Thedford. If you decide to play golf in Thedford, consider this. You may not see a soul out there on the course. Our first hint came when we left a phone message with BJ, who returned our calls and gave us instructions on how to tee it up in Thedford, a town of 188 hearty souls. In the centre of town is a historical plaque and bronze statue commemorating a sad event, the little girls lost. In 1891, Tilly and Retta Human, aged eight and four, were lost in these hills walking home after a visit to an older sister's place. Three days later, Retta was found alive, but Pilly did not make it after walking 75 miles before dying. And the, the piece that we published in Wanderlust, the Travel Journal, is on the website and also in the anthology from 2020. And I included that um, in part because... I wanted to point out that we all have different reasons that we like to go traveling and different places that we go and um, motivations. And theirs are very clearly all about golfing and each little section, whether it's a poem or whether it's a prose poem or whether it's more regular prose, was very much about where they went, the roads they took, the turns they took, the the animals and the plants and the environment, and with little bits of history like that about the different places they visited. So that, as far as uh, a traveling tip, a travel writing tip, is um, especially for road trips, it's really good. We love to read exactly 
the how people did it, where they went, what road they took, where they camped, where they stayed, and those kind of details. But not just that. I know and have read a lot of travel memoirs and travel books, travel logs like that, chronicles, where it's literally we did this, we did this, we did this, we did this. And those leave me a little wanting. I want a little more. I want a specific focus. Why did they go to that place? What did they find in that place? And also, how did it affect them? And so that that's a really nice example from Kim. Kim Sosin is a professor emerita of economics at the University of Nebraska. Her interests include writing and photography and art photography. Her poems and photographs have appeared in quite a few different magazines online, such as Fine Lines, Failed Haiku, Voices from the Plains, The Heron's Nest, Wanderlust Journal, and Sand Cutters. And Janet Reeves resides in Tucson, Arizona. She retired as a professor of economics from the University of Northern Iowa. And her poems have appeared in Lyrical Iowa, um, the Avocet, Unstrung, Fine Lines, Voices from the Plains, and Facing West. So there's one example of travel writing, shorter piece with a specific focus, in their case, on golfing. I was definitely lucky enough to be one of those kids that um, got to travel with my family from before I even had a memory. And there are photos of me next to a 1970s Land Rover Series 2 with uh, me in a crib and my brother, I guess two or three at the time, looking down at me whilst mum and dad are setting up a tent for us. And the theme of our trips was always swimming. Like that was something mum loved to do, dad not so much, but they wanted us kids to be around water and mountains and lakes. And I see now, you know, 50 plus years later, it's definitely the theme of what I'm doing. Wherever I'm traveling, if ever you follow me on Instagram or on any of the different social media platforms, dirt roads are dogs, by the way, um, you'll see that there's nearly always mountains, dirt roads, dogs, and water often lakes. And right now, like I said, I'm in Baja, California. So my theme right now is going from beach to beach and preferably big, wide, open beaches, less of the confined, um, what to me is confined, uh, the little bays where people are lined up and camped so close, you know, sort of 10 feet away from each other and just van, 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 truck, truck, van, van, truck, truck. That's not my style. I'm more into the open spaces. And today it was the perfect afternoon it's windy everyone's emptied out the campground as they're heading south they're sort of using this bay for some reason as a a one night stop off i decided to spend a couple of nights and it got so empty i was able to let billy my dog two-year-old dog out and we went running and walking down the lake down the down the beach side down the sand and she was just spinning and running and running running and i ended up swimming i got to go in and got to go swim and it's just open and beautiful, and that's my theme. So with that in mind, I wanted to read just a very short little piece from Colorado that I wrote in the book Bring a Chainsaw, which came out, I think, in like 2015, somewhere around there. And, uh, you know, in this collection, there's um, stories about how I was flown to Florida to clean up after a hurricane and they brought me and my chainsaw in. There's a lot of little stories and episodes about going to Colorado on back roads, um, how to build an adobe and straw bale home in New Mexico, living on a Buddhist monastery in England, and 
the such. And I wanted to include a little section, read a little piece from Colorado, from the San Juans. And again, it's, it's somewhere I keep going back to, and I tend to go hang out in the national forests. And this is from one time I went up in a, I don't see, a Toyota pickup truck, a four-wheel drive pickup truck. And I just took back roads for, I think it was a month, with a dog called Daisy at the time. And this is probably from about 20 years ago. A morning dove woke me up in the silence, and I stepped onto the berm next to the truck, sat on the rocks and looked out onto the valley. A woodpecker claimed a cottonwood in the meadow of scrub oak, sumac and moss on the rocks, yellow flowers fading. Piedra Peak looked down onto me. I knelt quietly, lost in my memories and hopes for the future. Bob, a 71-year-old, or so he told me, rolled up on his little scooter. Are you fishing? He'd taken me by surprise. Uh, no, writing. It's just, it's just an open valley. Come on up. He stood next to me. Let me tell you a story, he began. I first came up here 50 years ago this month. I was 21. My wife and I had just married. We hiked up that path next to the creek to the, into the backwoods. No one here but us. It's just as beautiful today. And then he wandered off, wishing me a great day. Daisy was as tired as I felt, my dog, and neither of us was wired with zippity doodah, but that was okay. The daydream that day was to pack up the basics, back into the truck, and spend the coming winter on the road. No agenda, just see where I end up. Take Daisy with me for friendship and protection, all rolled up into a furry and funny four-legged. So that was the beginning of a motivation for a much longer trip that I took, as it says, that year. Uh, let's see. So that would have been around 2004, actually, when I packed up. I had just built a house in Ojo Caliente, and it got really... Uh, it was time to move, let's put it that way. But I wasn't sure what or how or where. And so I packed up the basics in the back of that pickup truck, a white 4x4 four, four four Toyota truck, and made a bed, put a little platform in. Underneath it had a solar panel, computer, and a chainsaw, and dog food, and a couple of clothes, and took a big road trip. And so that was something, that was the beginning, that chapter in this book, Bring a Chainsaw, was the beginning of a much longer trip where I ended up looking for communities and looking for a sense of belonging and a sense of home. So that was my motivation going up to Colorado was to take a moment and decide whether I was going to find a job or keep traveling. And so that brings me to the last book of today, which is Blue Highways by William Least Heat Moon. I'd love to introduce a little bit more and give a bit of a bio to William Least Heat Moon, but in the book itself, um, on the page about the author, all it says is, William Least Heat Moon lives in Columbia, Missouri. This is his first published book. And that's it. So I do, I am going to read a little bit from the opening chapter, where I believe there's like one page, one and a half page, where he introduces himself and why he hit the road. But this prologue, Blue Highways, is is a good one. It sums up what, what he was doing. On the old highway maps of America, the main routes were red and the back roads blue. Now even the colors are changing. But in those brevities just before dawn and a little after dusk, times neither day nor night, the old roads return to the sky some of its color. Then in truth they carry a mysterious cast of blue. And it's that time when the pull of the blue highway is strongest, when the open road is a, beckon a beckoning, a strangeness, a place where a man can lose himself.
There's a map that shows of where he traveled, and he went from Columbia, Missouri, down through, let's see, Tennessee, North Carolina, Georgia, Louisiana, Texas, New Mexico, Utah, California, Oregon, Washington, across the top through Shelby, Montana, Bagley, Minnesota, Michigan, Maine, New Jersey, and back to Missouri. And so this book is him traveling in a van, and very simple van, very simple setup, and he has a chapter on that that describes what he did and how he did it. But I love this book in part as a, it's a timepiece. I mean, it definitely captures the Americas and the backroads of Americas. It was published in 1982, I believe. Let's see, 1982. And so it was probably written in the 70s, and it feels very much the 70s. But here's the beginning chapter for you. And actually, I'm so into this, I'm probably going to keep reading this tonight. Beware thoughts that come in the night. They aren't turned properly. They come in askew, free of sense and restriction, deriving from the most remote of sources. Take the idea of February 17, a day of cancelled expeditions. The day I learned my job teaching English was finished because of declining enrolment at the college. The day I called my wife, with whom I'd been separated from my nine months, to give her the news. The day she let slip about her friend, Rick or Dick or Chick or something like that. That night, as I lay wondering whether I would get sleep or explosion, I got the idea instead. A man who couldn't make things go right could at least go. He could quit trying to get out of the way of life, chuck routine, live the real jeopardy of circumstance. It was a question of dignity. The result on March 19th, the last night of winter, I again lay awake in the tangled bed, this time doubting the madness of just walking out on things, doubting the whole plan that would begin at daybreak to set out in a long equivalent of half the circumference of the earth, a circular trip over the back roads of the United States. Following a circle would give me a purpose to come around again, where taking a straight line would not, and I was going to do it by living out of the back end of a truck, but how to begin a beginning? A strange sound interrupted my tossing. I went to the window, the cold air against my eyes. At first I saw only starlight, then they were there, up in the March blackness, two entwined skeins of snow and bluegies honking north, an undulating W-shaped configuration across the deep sky, white bellies glowing eerily with the reflected light from town, necks stretched northward, then another flock pulled by who knows what out of the south to breed and remake itself, a new season, Answer. Begin by following spring as they did, darkly, with neck struck out. And that's the beginning of his book, and it's a wonderful book. I don't know, you can probably still get it. You can definitely get it online. I'm sure there are copies. And um really recommend it. It's just fascinating. He really includes um, his own emotional and physical journey, but also he looks up places. He gives you a sense of history of each of the places he stops at, influences on that place or on that village. And many of the places he stays at are smaller towns of 200, 300, maybe 1,000, maybe 1,200. But definitely the smaller side, the back roads, the blue highways, as he calls them. And he includes a lot of history. And he also includes a lot about the birds and the nature and what he sees. And so that combination is magical to me. I mean, the lyricism and the the poetics of just that beginning really sets you up. You know what you're going to get. You know you're not going to get just a we did this, we did that type of a story. And yeah, so those are the three 
three excerpts today on road trips and the concept of not who all wander are lost. We usually have some kind of motivation, even if it's just like uh, William Least Heat Moon was to find himself, to go circular and to come back to himself. Mine in 2003 was um, to find a sense of belonging, a sense of community, in which case you there was a it led into a story of me coming across and looking for intentional communities and how people did it and how people lived together. And then also the the old American road trip of a specific goal, whether it's um, bird watching, which I'm going to do in a different episode because I've got a great book for that, um, bird watching, or in this case, golf with Kim and Janet. So so those, those are the three different things. And as you're going out and you want to, you're thinking about taking road trips, I suggest you think about why, and also I suggest you find a focus. When I was actually back in the Colorado and the San Juans this summer, I met a couple, and their focus was bird watching, which I guess is why it's in my head. They slowly built up their their goals. Each county they would go to, or each area they would go to, they set a certain amount to different species of birds that they had to find. There was like a treasure hunt. So find your treasure hunt. Go out there, travel, and have fun. And that's all for today. Thank you very much. If you'd like to find out more about either Wanderlust Journal or myself and my books, you'll find the links in the episode notes below. That's saralimi.com and wanderlust-journal.com. It's all completely free. If you're interested in supporting the Wanderlust Journal and keeping it free for everyone who wants to publish, read, or hear these travel stories, there is also a link to the Buy Me A Coffee page below. You can also support by subscribing to this podcast or following me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. On Instagram, it's at Dirt Roads and Dogs, and otherwise you'll find me under Sarah Leamy. So hyperlinks are below in the notes, and once again, thanks again, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.